After you place your marker there, take your Bibles out and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, that will be our first reading this morning. Today we're going to be continuing a series of lessons we started a little while ago looking at lessons from Proverbs. In one of our lessons we looked and we saw how wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is something that we all need. We need to gain wisdom. And our second lesson we looked in very similar to wisdom was knowledge and instruction. We need to receive knowledge. We need to receive the instruction. And then last week we looked and we saw how those things must be based upon truth. Wisdom, knowledge, instruction, it must be based upon the truth found in God's word. In our lessons so far, we've been looking at things that we need to obtain. We need to get these things. This morning's lesson is going to be a little bit different. And instead of looking at things we need to get, we're going to be looking at things we need to avoid. This morning's lesson is entitled, Forsake Foolishness. The Proverbs is full of of lessons for us to make sure that we avoid foolishness. We avoid becoming fools in the eyes of man but more importantly, in the eyes of God. Very quickly, as we've done throughout this entire series, let's ask ourselves, what is foolishness? Once again, if you go to the dictionary, the dictionary defines it as a lack of good sense or judgment. The dictionary defines foolishness as just simply stupidity. That is what foolishness is. Here in the book of Proverbs, we see that the wise man tells us exactly what foolishness is. Look in chapter 1 and verse 7. Contrast this between knowledge and wisdom and instruction. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, the secular definition and what the wise man tells us here in Proverbs 1 verse 7, they go hand in hand. Foolishness is knowing what's being said, knowing what's expected, and just simply refusing to do it. Refusing to accept it, that is foolishness. In the eyes of God. Place a marker here, and if you want, go to Matthew chapter 7. We've looked at these passages before. But remember, Matthew chapter 7, this is the story of the wise man and the foolish man. And we made this point when we started this series of lessons. The wise man in verse 24 is the person who hears these sayings of mine and does them. Look in verse 26. Jesus says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. What made the man foolish? Well, he knew what God said. He knew the sayings of Jesus, but he absolutely refused to do them. Lack of good sense or judgment. You think about how, who Jesus calls fools. Look over in Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, this is the woe chapter, right? Woe to the scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. We'll drop down to verse 16. One of the things that they were just horribly notorious for doing is taking the commandments of God and just warping them and twisting them. Once again, they knew what God said. They knew what God's word mentioned, but they absolutely refused to follow through. In verse 16, woe to you blind guides, who say whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Jesus says, fools and blind. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? 
And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Once again, verse 19, fools and blind. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Here the Pharisees have this just warped sense of what God's word says. Imagine the ridiculousness of this. Oh, if I make an oath by the temple, eh, that's not that big a deal. But if I say I'm going to make an oath by the gold of the temple, buddy, I better keep that. How ridiculous is that? Changing God's commandments, Jesus says that makes you a fool. Fools and blind guides, they're hypocrites. Well, one more passage. Let's look over in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, Paul talks a little bit about foolishness and what can make us fools in the eyes of God. Think about trying to change who God is, what God is, into something different. Paul says that's foolishness. In verse 20, Paul writes and says, For since the creation of the world, his, speaking of God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. How foolish it is to try to bring God down to our level, to change him into something that we want him to be. No, God says we must be conformed to his image, and it is foolish. It makes us, it turns us into fools to try to change God into something that mimics us. The idea of being a fool, being foolish, we need to forsake it. Well, why is forsaking foolishness important? Why is it so important to forsake these things? It's interesting when you look at the book of Proverbs, the word fool, and I put in parentheses some derivative, and what I mean by that is foolishness, fools, foolish. The word fool is used in some way 78 times in the book of Proverbs. 78 times does the wise man say, avoid foolishness. Don't act like a fool. 78 times the word is used. Let's go back to Proverbs now and let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. We ask ourselves, why is forsaking foolishness important? Because it is the key to life. In Proverbs 9 and verse 6, the wise man says, Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of of understanding. If we want to obtain life, if we want to live, the wise man says, forsake foolishness. Don't be a fool. Avoid it. Don't go down foolish ways. Don't act this way. Forsake foolishness. Why is foolishness so, so dangerous? Look over in Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, and notice what the wise man says about foolishness in verse 15. 
He says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who needs counsel is wise. You know, we often talk about pride, about why pride is so dangerous. Pride makes us feel like we're okay. We don't need anything else. We don't need God. We don't need a certain, we don't need anything. That's what pride does. It blinds us. Can I suggest to you that the way the Bible talks about pride is almost the same way it talks about foolishness. The fool says, I'm perfectly fine the way that I am. The fool thinks that the way that they're doing, what they're, the path that they're walking, it's perfectly fine. Once again, remember what Jesus said when he talked about the Pharisees and the scribes, how they were fools. He said they were blind guides. To a fool, nothing needs to change. To someone who is foolish, they don't see the foolishness of their ways. Foolishness, and why we need to avoid it, because a fool thinks that they're right. The way that they're going, what they think, what they believe, they think it's right. And that's not always the case. One more passage about why foolishness is so dangerous. Look over in chapter 14. Over in chapter 14, look at verse 19. That's the wrong verse. Verse 9. Sorry, if you're taking notes, it's chapter 14, verse 9. We understand what sin is, right? Sin is that which separates us from God. Paul says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Death is something, or sin is something that will cause us to lose our spiritual lives if we're still, if we're caught up in it, if we're slaves to sin. But notice what the wise man says the fool feels about sin. Like I said, this is verse 9, not verse 19. Fools mock at sin. They mock at it. They laugh at it. But among up the upright, there is favor. Sin is no laughing matter. Sin is not something to joke about. Sin is not something to, to make light of. And see, a fool mocks at sin. A fool doesn't see the danger. A fool doesn't understand the consequences. So why should we avoid foolishness, forsake foolishness? We want to live. We want to understand that we do need God. We do need Jesus. And we need to understand that sin is that which separates us from them. A fool doesn't see that. So we need to forsake foolishness. For the rest of our time this morning, I want to look at five things in Proverbs that we see we need to forsake foolishness in. Now, if you're kind of concerned that I said five things when usually only have about two or three points, don't worry, we're not going to spend a lot of time on each one. And we're not going to go through all 78 verses where the word fool is used in the book of Proverbs. Rather, here are five categories of things that we should avoid foolishness. We need to forsake foolishness in. Let's get in the first one. We need to forsake foolish companions. When we think about forsaking foolishness, forsake foolish companions. In Proverbs 13 and verse 20, the wise man tells us, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. We've heard phrases before like, you're guilty by association, right? 
We've heard these things before, but we need to understand this from a practical standpoint. He who walks with wise men, if you have wise friends, more than likely, remember this is a book of generalities, generally speaking, you will make better decisions. You will be wiser yourself, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Look over in Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. In verse 10, the wise man says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. The wise man will go on and talk about how you don't throw your lot in with a bunch of thieves, right? You know, don't, don't trust people who are liars and cheaters. Drop down to verse 15. He says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Run away from those who entice you to sin. Those who, once again, remember what the fools do? They mock at it. They make light of it. The wise man says, you don't throw your lot in with them. You forsake foolish companions. Look over in Proverbs chapter 12 again. And in verse 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choose your friends carefully. Can I tell you sometimes, brethren, I think that maybe we take this verse too far the wrong way. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Have you ever heard someone talk and they say, you know, you should only be friends with Christians. That's the only people you need to be friends with. I think maybe that's taking this verse too far one way. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if we think that, oh, just because they're a Christian means that they're not a sinner, everybody's a sinner, right? If we think, oh, just because that young man or that young woman goes to church and that means that they're going to be a good influence on my child, I hate to tell you that's not always the case. It should be. It should be that way, but it's not always that case. No, I think what the wise man's saying is, you choose carefully. There's a big difference in being friends with someone who's not a Christian and being someone who's not a Christian and just makes fun of you for being a Christian. There's a big difference in that. There's a big difference in being friends with somebody who wants to study, wants to know, hey, you go to church, can we talk about that? There's a big difference in that and say, what kind of an idiot would go to church? See the difference there? Choose your friends carefully. I think about 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Your version may say good morals. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You've got to be careful who you, who you hang out with. You've got to be careful who you choose as friends. But let me say again, sometimes we can take this verse and we can teach, oh, well, that means we should only be friends with Christians. That's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying at all. But choose your friends carefully. Forsake foolish companions. Let me do the second thing. Kind of right along with that, forsake foolish situations. 
Don't put yourself in situations where you might be tempted to sin. Don't go running towards something that, that might compromise morals or compromise God's word. You don't put yourself in foolish situations. Look over in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, and let's start in verse 10. The wise man said, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. To deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. Now notice verse 15. Whose ways are crooked, and who are, in, who are devious in their paths to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Did you notice some of the phrases that the wise man uses here to talk about evil? They walk in ways of darkness. Don't you remember in John chapter 3 how Jesus says, I am the light of the world? Men hate the light because their deeds are evil. They want it to be dark, but those who are of the light love the light. Because we have nothing to hide. But he says you need to avoid the ways of darkness. He says you avoid the crooked ways. You don't go down those things. You avoid devious paths. Things that lead you to evil. Things that lead you. Don't put yourself in those kinds of situations. There are so many things that we could look at in here. But looking back specifically to Proverbs... Is it not obvious? We read there in verse 16 about the immoral woman. Let's go to chapter 7. In chapter 7, the Solomon expounds a little bit more about this idea of a seductress, about the immoral woman. We're not going to read all of that this, this morning, but I do want to read a couple of verses here, and I want us to notice something about this young person. Notice in verse 6. He says, For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice, and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. Now remember by our definition, lack of good judgment or lack of good sense? This young man's foolish. And look at what this young man does in his foolishness. Passing along the street, verse 8, near her corner. And he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Now, we could go on and keep reading about this young man, how, how this seductress, this immoral woman, what, he did to, what she did to him. But what I want to take away from this, and what I hope you see there, were there other paths that he could take to get home? Probably. Did he know who stood near the corner where he was walking? You keep reading here and it talks about how this woman, she cries out. She makes no secret as to who she is and what she wants. He knew. When did he walk? It was, in, it was in the dark of night. Could he not have gotten home sooner? Could he not have chosen a different route? You see the point here? He's foolish because he put, him in a, he put himself in a situation where he was going to fail. Avoid foolish situations. Avoid these things. We need to forsake foolishness and forsake foolish situations. Let me give you a third thing that the, 
writer talks about forsaking foolishness in. Forsake foolish speech. Forsake foolish speech. Look in Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18 and notice in verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles and they go down into the inmost body. When we think about the words that we use, are we foolish in our speech? The wise man tells us several things that a fool will do. A fool will stir up strife, will they not? Stir the pot, as we might say. Add fuel to the fire. That's what the fool wants to do with his words. A fool is going to vent all his feelings. I don't have this verse here in, in the lesson, but Proverbs talks about a fool vents all his feelings. But his wise man keeps them in. Fool's mouth is his destruction. The lips are a snare to his soul. He loves talking and talking and talking more. Reminds me of James chapter 3, does it not, about how James talks about the tongue, how little a member it is, but how great a fire it kindles. No man can tame the tongue. We need to be careful with what we say. Because remember what Jesus says, by your words you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Forsake foolish speech. Look over in Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, notice verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. How often do our words get us into trouble? How often do we stop ourselves and say, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I would have stopped that conversation, you know, about five minutes earlier. How often do we get ourselves into more trouble the more we talk. Forsake foolish speech. I'll give you a fourth one. This one might kind of read a little odd, but I'll, I'll explain what I mean by this. Forsake ignoring the obvious. Stop ignoring just the, the most obvious things in the world. Look over in Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and verse 26. Very similar to something we've already read. But here the wise man says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. You know, we have all these nice little idioms and funny sayings that we like to say. Something like, you know, you miss the forest because of all the trees. You know, stuff like that is what I'm talking about. Stop ignoring the obvious. And Brad, I think one of the most obvious things that we can talk about is the fact that there is a God. It's amazing to me how, how many people want to ignore the fact that there's a God. Forsake ignoring the obvious. 
We're not going to turn there this morning, but Proverbs 14, or sorry, Psalm 14, verse 1, and Psalm 53, verse 1, David writes and says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. It's amazing to me how when you look at the world around us, when you look at the universe, when you look at the complexity of life, all of creation screams that there's a God, does it not? All of creation screams that there is a designer. Someone, something designed this. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, not to not show it knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. When you think about the mathematical probabilities that life just happened... It's so infinitesimally small. I don't understand how people can do that, how they can believe that. But I've talked with friends who are atheists, and I'm sure you have as well. When you start talking to them about there has to be a God, they say, no, I can't believe that. I have to believe in evolution. I have to believe in Big Bang Theory. Why? Because if I don't, then that means that there is a God, and I just can't, I can't accept that. Stop ignoring the obvious. There is a God. Think about the song we sing. There is a God. He is alive. In Him we live and we survive. There is a God. Let me read the last one. Forsake ignoring instruction and correction. Think about how many times the writer of Proverbs talks about instruction and, and knowledge and the things that we've already talked about one of the hallmarks of a fool, they refuse to accept that. You think about passages like Proverbs 22 and verse 15. The wise man says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Has foolishness been driven away? I think more and more what we're seeing in our society is that the, the lack of discipline, the lack of correction, it is leading to a lack of foolishness being driven from people. That's the way it is. Foolishness is not being driven out of people. And therefore, what we're seeing more and more is a bunch of foolish people. A bunch of people who act very foolishly. Proverbs says, no, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Look over in chapter 3. And as we read this, I want you to ask yourself if this sounds familiar. Not just from the book of Proverbs. I want you to think of where, where this is also quoted. In chapter 3, verse 11, the wise man says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, just as a father the son in whom he delights. I don't have it on the outline up here, but where, where have we read that before? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds an awful lot like something we read in the, in the New Testament. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, 
This exact passage is quoted by the writer of Hebrews. Do not forsake, or do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise it when God corrects us, because He does correct us. He does chasten us. The writer of Hebrews goes maybe a little step further in talking about this. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 5 and 6, he quotes this passage. Look at verse 7. If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. See, the writer of Hebrews tells us right now that if we don't, if we... If we ignore correction, if we ignore instruction from God, then we're not truly His son. We're not truly His daughter. We're not His children if we ignore the instruction and the correction from God. Forsake ignoring correction and instruction. Stop it. Accept it. Because once again... Whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Do we understand that? Do we accept the, the chastisement and the correction from God? Take out your psalm books. Turn to another brother Greg selected. There are five things that the wise man tells us we need to forsake when it comes to foolishness. Now, obviously, that wasn't an exhaustive list. There are probably things that you could think of that we didn't cover here in this lesson this morning. But those are five things I think that we can all look at and we can ask ourselves, am I avoiding, am I forsaking foolishness in these areas? Once again, we'll ask ourselves the question, are we wise or are we foolish? We think about the scriptures that God has given to us Paul tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for correction and righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped into every good work. Are we listening to God and His instructions? John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Are we doing what God says? Are we choosing to obey or are we choosing to disobey? Right, so two more, one more question. Two more. Are we heading down the path that leads to life? Or are we heading towards destruction? I hope the lesson has been beneficial. I really do hope it's given us some things to think about, some areas in our lives that we can ask ourselves, am I, am I forsaking foolishness when it comes to speech? Am I forsaking foolishness in these different areas? And I hope it encourages you to go and, and just look at all the different ways foolishness and fools are used in Proverbs. Because like I said, there's a lot more things that we could have looked at this morning. But for Tom's sake, I think five is good.
But when we think about being foolish, once again, we have the Word of God. Do we believe that? Do we truly believe that the Word of God is complete? Do we believe that God has given us everything that we need in order to be faithful to Him? And if so, the question is, are we going to be obedient to it? This morning, if you're here and you've never been buried in the waters of baptism, we didn't talk about that this morning, but understand that you have to be baptized to be saved. Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38, Acts 10, Acts 22, 16, Romans 6, 4, Galatians 3, 26, 27, 1 Peter 3, uh, 3, 18, all those passages. And there are many more we could talk about. It talks about baptized, being baptized into Christ. This morning, for those of us that are Christians, are we living a life that God would be happy Are we living a life that brings honor and glory to Him, or are we living a life that brings honor and glory to us? Are we living a life that is well-pleasing to Him? Or is there sin? Are there things that are separating us from God? This morning, the invitation is open. And this morning, if you're subject to it, will you let us know as we stand and as we sing?